Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hello, everybody, and happy Thursday, and welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. John Schmelk, Jonathan Casillas with you. The phone number is 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants chat on Twitter. You can hit us up that way if you like. In fact, I believe I have a uh, tweet that I have to get to from a prior show, so I'll make sure I'll get to that at some point. Anybody else that wants to uh, get in, just reply to the tweet I just put up there promoting the show, or uh, just send it to hashtag Giants chat, and we will certainly get to you. Mr. Casillas, how are you, sir? I'm fantastic. How about yourself, Schmel? Good, man. All right, give me a feel here. Uh, unique situation from a player perspective. You played this team two weeks ago. Washington has not played since these two teams played last. The Giants have only played one game. So as a player, how much of a better feel do you have for your opponent and what you're trying to do based on the fact you just played this team and how does it change your preparation? I don't know if it changes your preparation, you know, uh, in terms of like day-to-day stuff. Uh, you're still doing third down when you're doing third down. You're still doing first and second down. How on about Wednesday. your like film study though? Your film study? Well, this is this for me. Like this, is what I would do. I would go back. I, I would go back because you already looked at the film two weeks ago. You know, for the stuff that you need to look for for that game. Now it's like specifically is like, all right, what did they do earlier in the season? You know, what could they? You know, you know, kind of throw. You know a little different thing, a different wrinkle that they could possibly throw at you offensively or defensively. Is this something that you hadn't watched before the first game or is you were just reviewing stuff you had already looked at? No, you definitely review it, but it's more of a skim because you've already seen this stuff. Right, you know, right. You've already exactly. seen it. Right. So you're going to go asking. back and see if you could see anything different, a different wrinkle that they could possibly throw in this week because that's what they've been doing. You know, they've been self-scouting. They've been looking at things that work. Then you go back and watch last year's game, possibly, but maybe both of last year's games, and you see what worked for them, and you see what didn't work for them, or maybe what didn't work for Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones had had success against his team. Taylor Heineke has had some success, you know, against the Giants. So I think you go back and look at the old film, not just the film that they had this year in the last couple years, I mean, excuse me, the last couple games about the, the players that's there now, but also scheme-wise and stuff that they have from players that, are, that have been there in years prior. No, that makes sense. Um, and then how about from, like, a matchup perspective? Like, I'm thinking specifically O-line, D-line, right? Like, we know Nick Gates is going to get Jonathan Allen again. De'Ron Payne's going to get Glowinski again. Montez Sweat's going to get Andrew Thomas again. 
these guys know each other a little bit better now, right? Do players leave stuff in their bag knowing this next thing's coming? Do they then purposely do set up counters? Do they change their game plan from one game to the other? What's that chess match like between players? I would say possibly so. You know, especially along the defensive line and the offensive line. Those are legit one-on-one battles every play. It's not really like that anywhere else. Receivers move around. Linebackers got to go against everybody. Same thing with running backs. Those old linemen and D linemen, if you're a left end, you're going to go against that right tackle. Right. Like, you know what I mean? That's just what it is. And it's going to be a consistent battle. So maybe it's like, look, this game, the first game, I went speed to power, speed to power. Now let me go to power to speed or, or hit him with a rip move. You know, I, I think that's that's a good thing to build into your repertoire because you do play divisional opponents twice, and it doesn't really matter when they play them. Right. I think this one is, is a little specific. It's, it's very interesting to play a team twice in three weeks, which I think I've done that once. But I don't think the other team only played that team twice and no other games in between. That was an interesting thing for me. Yeah, it's weird. Going into the Commanders game and then coming out of it is like, damn, they've just been sitting there just thinking about the Giants for the last 14 days. You know, maybe even more, even more than that. You know, so it's an interesting feel. But at the end of the day, these teams are, are, are very, I wouldn't say evenly matched, but very comparable. Sure. Agreed. You know, unlike last week's game, I feel like uh, the Eagles team are a lot more talented and they're a lot more healthy. Than, than the Giants, you know, and, and you saw that happen. You saw that play out. The Eagles are an elite level. The Giants are a team that's fighting to get into the playoffs. Same exact way as the Commanders. Literally the same exact record right now. Two factors I want to touch on here before we get to your calls again. Get on the line, 201-939-4513. The pass rush in terms of the Giants, they did a great job in that first game, Jonathan, with their pre-snap alignment getting free runners, for one, you saw Kibito get that free run hit on Heineke near the goal line, which could have been a fumble, but he held on to the football by some minor miracle. Then you also saw him set up a lot of one-on-ones between Thibodeau and Ojolari on tight ends. We saw Ojolari get singled up by a guard. Favorable matchups. How much better prepared is Washington going to be for that type of stuff to avoid those one-on-one situations? Or is this something Wink can continue to do with different looks heading into this week to still try to get those matchups that were so favorable to the Giants two weeks ago? Well, I I think anytime you play a divisional opponent, you know, and and you just have so much film on those guys, you watch them all the time, you know exactly what they're doing throughout the season, you know who's playing well. You know, you know who's not playing well. You know, you know who who's hurt. You know, so it's a lot of familiarity. So I wouldn't put too much on it being twice in in, in three games. Uh, excuse me, twice in three weeks in terms of these two teams playing. But at the end of the day, I think you do add in extra wrinkles, knowing that they know you. It's familiar opponents, and you know, for me, I would like to see the Giants and the players for the Giants, who we think are really good players. And I'm talking about Daniel Jones, and I'm talking about Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. I would like the, the the coaches to put the ball into Saquon in Daniel Jones's hands. And I've been watching a lot of Giants football recently. Uh, I rewatched the Eagles game. I rewatched the first Commanders game. Man, Daniel Jones, he's making some good plays, man. And he's had success against the Commanders in the past. Whatever team they were named in years prior, he's had <laughs> success against them. One yes. of the better teams that he's gone against. And he played him twice a year his whole career. So he's played him a, a lot of times, and he's had a great amount of success. And, and man, I watch it, and I'm just watching Daniel Jones make plays when the Giants are down, when the Giants are struggling, even last week against the Eagles, just making some big-time throws, making some big-time runs, and big-time decision-making plays. And I think... The Giants should just 
kind of hand the keys over to him a little bit more. Yeah, I don't think offensively out on the outside, the Giants aren't where they wanted to be, especially with all the injuries that they had and then a the lack of production from certain people that you expected to produce. And then also, if you look at the O-line, all the injuries and then, you know, hasn't been the same five guys starting. Have they, has the same five guys started at all this season? Because I know it's been a moving carousel Early around. in the year, yes. But there was a period for like five or six weeks where it was always something and, different and, for and sure. And that's a problem, and we know that. But this is my thing. I think Daniel Jones has done an exceptional job in the pocket better than years prior. Mm-hmm. I see him stepping up. I see him stepping to the better side. Better pocket awareness. Making, making good throws. And then, look, I'm not too mad that he – take sacks sometimes he gets sacked by pressure sometimes he takes sacks because he doesn't want to throw an errant throw and I think that's because of maybe the lack of faith in the receivers down the field but this is the biggest game of the year you know and when you're playing which the Giants have been saying for the last month when you're playing meaningful football in December and you're not the top of the division and you don't you can't afford to lose any games each game gets bigger and bigger and this is by far the biggest game of the year. Of course, it's against the Commanders. Of course, it's against the team that basically the Giants are fighting for that playoff spot for. Yeah. And then if, if they win this one, the next game is going to be even bigger. So let's look at this week and look at this opponent as a very beatable opponent, unlike last week, opponent that the Giants had down not just two weeks ago, and they should have and they could have won the game. And I think they know that, but then also if you look at the Commanders, they, the commanders are looking like we could beat this team. We were just, you know, a couple minutes away from actually winning this game. Oh, I think both teams are think they should have won the last game. Mm-hmm. 100%. So that's what you're going into. Two familiar opponents playing in a, in a Sunday night game, divisional primetime game, playing like both of them playing meaningful football. And maybe neither one of these teams thought they were going to be like that in the beginning. Certainly the fans didn't think that the Giants be playing meaningful football in December. You know, so now you look at it and the Giants, the great thing about it is even though they had a very tough loss last week. The season is still in front of them. They can still make it, guys. They can still do it. Now, you talked about trying to give the game into Daniel Jones's hands a little bit more. He got sacked four times the last time these two teams played. The Eagles beat the you-know-what out of them last week. It was probably their poorest pass protection game since the Dallas game earlier in the year when they couldn't protect them at all. And I wonder, talk to me from a player perspective. When you're on defense in a loud stadium, how much tougher is it for those offensive linemen to get off the line in those passing situations and deal with a pass rush as compared to the home game, right? So we saw the Giants. I thought they did a pretty good job against Washington, to be honest with you, two weeks ago. I thought they were okay. They weren't great, but I thought they were gave Jones more than enough time to, to run his offense. But it's going to be tougher this week, right? It's going to be Sunday night. It's going to be loud. You're not going to be able to hear the snap count. It's going to be silent, so you're kind of a beat behind. How does that impact an offense when they're dealing with the home field advantage of their team, especially when you're dealing with four pass rushers like Washington's going to throw out there. Yeah, I think that's that's the main point is that they have the pass rushers to give the Giants or any team in the NFL problems. And then they have Chase Young. He's officially back now. I think last time we talked about him possibly being back. Yes. But now he's officially back. That adds an extra cog, right? And now when you go on the road – defensively it's not really a problem you know playing on defense it's not a problem they're quiet when 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 their offense is out there but defensive excuse me offensively when you're out there the fans are going to be loud look they've been thinking about this game for two weeks they know the implications that this game has on the the 
uh, the commanders playing in January, playing playoff football. And that's where the Giants are at as well. So everybody, every single person knows people are going to travel down from New York to go down there. People are going to travel down from Jersey to go down there. Like this is going to be a huge game. The fans are going to be fired up. And that adds an extra element. You know, I, I would always playing at home. I don't care if I can't hear you. I don't want the offense to hear it. I want to, I want the, the 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 stadium to be so loud that they give three false starts to the offensive yeah. line. So you were in New Orleans. I know how loud the insane how loud the Superdome could get down there, right? So did you see material impact on an offensive line? Oh, a hundred percent. That let you know your guys get off the line and, and kind of get to the quarterback? Oh, 100%. You know, and like I said, the penalties are there. You know, the, the false starts. that That's huge. When you see a false start and then maybe even another false start in, in the span of a few minutes, you're like, oh, we got this team. We got this team rattled. We got them on the edge and we can take advantage of them. That's what the Giants can't do. I feel like, look, the Giants have, in the first half of the season, they played relatively mistake-free football. They were a lot healthier than they, than they are right now. I feel like the mistakes have caught up to them big time. A lot of costly penalties have called back a lot of plays, touchdowns, first downs, crucial situations. The punt last week was one of the worst plays I've ever seen in football. Oh, the, the, the one that he slipped it's out of his hands? It's not even a punt. It wasn't no, even a punt. No, no, no. He kicked the, it off the floor. It's illegal, not considered a punt. Illegal kick. Illegal kick. Yes. You know, <laughs> and I don't know what happened. Like, I've watched it play over he and over and over again. It just slipped out of his hands. It just slipped out of his hands. The Giants cannot do stuff like that. Look, the Eagles were better than the Giants. They're a better team. They're the best team in the NFL. I don't even think it's close, Schmelk. I think they're the best team by far. And you could throw, the, you could throw uh, uh, the Kansas City in there. You could throw Buffalo in there. You could throw anybody from the NFC in there for sure. I'm not going to argue with you. And they're legit. But let's not beat ourselves, right? That's the Giants. The Giants had a chance in the Eagles game. They they were fighting early. They were fighting early. I like Hodgins. I, I really like what he's doing for the New York Giants. And and when I say put the ball in Daniel Jones' hands, you know, I don't want him to take it out of Hodgins' hands or, or you know, uh, uh, Slayton's hands. I want him to be able to facilitate the game a little bit more. I feel like his decision-making has proven to everyone, especially the coaches, that he can win games for you because he's done it this year. He's done it in the past. The question, can the receivers and offensive line give him that chance to do it? Right. That's a huge question, Schmelk. And I think because, maybe because that's the reason why. last year, the, the offensive why. line didn't let him. Right. They didn't. Right, but I think that might be the reason why the coach is so apprehensive to doing that. Of course. But, like, what do we have to lose right now? You literally, Your season is literally on the line. You got two players that I feel like you can rely on, in Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Maybe not the guys on the outside, but look, look, uh, um, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, in his first couple seasons, he was sacked the most out of everybody in the NFL. Not even close, right? But they let him pass the ball. They let him do it. Yes, he had a little better receivers on the outside. Just a little bit. A little bit. A little, bit. <laughs> a little better receivers on the outside. But what, all I'm saying is, is that when you have special players and players that can will you to wins, which I think Daniel Jones can. I think Daniel Jones can will this team to win. And then with him playing the way he's playing, I feel like he can uplift other players on his team. And I just don't want them to take the ball out of his hands in a crucial game like this where I feel like he's a guy, he's special. We've been talking about Saquon the whole year. But look, Daniel Jones has been a formidable quarterback. He has not been terrible. He's been great at times this season. And I feel like this is a game where he needs to be great. This is a game where the coach need to allow him to be great. 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513. Go download the Giants Huddle podcast. It's not up yet, but it should be shortly. Chris Bizignano from Giant Insider. 
uh, podcast and newspaper. He joined me to talk some Giants. We really go in-depth on the matchup this weekend. We talk some big-picture stuff, too, uh, for the Giants and team building and franchise building. Uh, we have three podcasts each week. We have the rapid reaction after each game, the midweek episode, which is the Bizignano one I just mentioned, with an analyst, and then we have a game preview every Friday. Uh, this week, we're going to have Aziz Ojolari join us, along with Brian Dable, and a Commander's preview. Find the Giants Huddle Podcast at Giants.com slash podcast, the Giants mobile app, or search for it and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. All right, let's get to it. And I do have a tweet in the holster, which I'll get to at some point, but I want to get to a couple calls first. Let's start off Mr. Casillas with John up in Cape Cod. We got the Triple John action going on. What's up, Triple J? (laughs) Hi, John. Hi, Jonathan. What's going on? I love the show, and the Giants app has such great stuff on it. I can't get enough of it, being a longtime fan. Thank you. Quick question for you, Jonathan. when I saw Julian Love's miss last week against the Eagles, I just couldn't help thinking back to when you played and wondering if a penalty was on his mind because back then, you know, his sa- the safety would have lit him up, and it, it didn't happen. Yeah, well, that play, I think I told you, John, during the game last week that that play hurt my heart. I know it did. Because I, I think so highly of Julian Love. And look, Julian Love didn't play in the NFL when they allowed hits like that. You know, like he's not a guy that could be like, oh, yeah, I would have hit him. You never was allowed to do that since he's been in the NFL. Those hits haven't been around in a while. You know, when I was playing, yeah, that was a judgment call. I remember Deshaun Goldson, who used to split people in half. He struggled with that when they took that away from him. 49ers, he got fined, 49ers right? Yeah, but then yeah. he went to the Bucks. Yep. He got fined almost a half a million dollars because he didn't know how to change his game. Mm-hmm. You know, tremendous player, but like Julian Love know that. He can't hit that guy. Now here's the question, though. I mean, I feel like he's looking at the ball and maybe didn't quite know how close the right. wide receiver was. I right? think it was a misjudgment of, of not, not a, a choice. It was more a misjudgment of where he was at compared to the ball carrier, uh, right. to me, the, 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 the receiver. receiver. You know, and I think it was a bad eye judgment. I don't think it was a bad judgment and, oh, I should hit him or not. I think it was a bad eye judgment. He judged it wrong, you know, and look, I expect Julian Love to make that play. Yeah, he has to go up and tack the ball. Don't let, don't yeah. just wait for and, it. And you can even go low and hit, you can go, you can go low and hit the guy if you have any type of hesitation if I'm going to be there uh, or hit him up top or right. get the defenseless receiver call. Hit him low, you know, and I just feel like that was for me was a heartbreaking play. And when you have guys who you rely on that make plays like that, that's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. Thank you. That uh, that leads to the next question for you, John, because you, you do this for a living. Uh, do you know why they have not activated Landon Collins? Is he nicked up? Do they think somebody else is playing better? I. They, uh, I, I would I, say, John, very, very, very simply, they like Tony Jefferson in that role better than Landon Collins. I think that's kind of the, the simple math of it all, to be honest with you. John, I wanted to know the answer well, to that question, too. Yeah, well, I, they I was had, worried about they that. Had, they had Pinnock at safety last week. Do you think he's better than Landon Collins? Landon Collins is not a safety anymore, John. He's a linebacker. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I mean, like, Jason Pinnock plays deep safety. They're not putting Landon Collins anywhere near that deep safety spot. The position that Tony Jefferson plays now is kind of your small nickel, second nickel linebacker, right? He kind of plays that star position you have in college, in the middle of the field, line of scrimmage, short areas. 
that's the spot that Landon Collins would play, not your traditional safety spot where Pinnock on Julian Lavar. And, and, okay. and John, when, know, when it comes down to like people playing, it has a lot to do with trust, you know. And and you think about when Landon got signed, you know, and his familiarity with the playbook. It's really hard to really get the full grasp of a playbook without training camp. Some people can do it. Uh, look, I don't think I don't think Baker Mayfield had a full grasp of the offense when he stepped in two years before. But that's an anomaly, you yes. know. That that's he's going there. He made some mistakes. He made a lot of mistakes actually. But, you know, that's an anomaly, and, and then they go in because they didn't have no other options, basically. But the Giants do have options, and I think they're going to go with the guy that they trust more because if you trust more, then you can put more on them. And I just think they don't trust Landon Collins enough because if they did, I think he would be playing. Okay, excellent point. John, last question. I'll take it off the air. With all the uh, emphasis on analytics, is, is there any – Numbers that have been run to show what the what the percentages are on returning a kickoff from the end zone versus taking the 25 yards, which eliminates if you take the 25 yards, you eliminate two things: the returner can't get injured and the returner can't fumble the ball. The Giants, Thanks, thank you, John. Appreciate the call. Almost every NFL team, including the Giants, if they kick it into the end zone, they're taking the touchback. Yeah, It is very rare now for teams to take that out. Now, the strategy of it is if you're the kick team, do you purposely kick it short to force a return or not? Now, in my humble opinion, Howard Cross says this to me all the time too, if I'm the Giants with the way the coverage teams have gone this year, just kick the damn thing into the, the end zone, yeah. please. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm good. Just give it to him with the 25. I don't want to risk the, the, the long return. Just do it. They obviously, depending on the team they're playing, they think differently depending on the situation. But that's where the strategy comes in. When you're the kick team, do you go for the touchback or do you try to force a return? And then when you look at the roster, the inconsistencies with who's playing where. That's a great point. You know, and you you got a you know a, a moving door, you know, a rotating door, and a revolving door. Excuse me, in the special teams room because he has to wait to see who's actually playing on offense and defense. So. It's, you know, you're shorthanded. You know, this team has been injury plagued the entire year. And, you know, you got some guys back. But then when you look at who's playing, it, it looks like, and, and as far as Dayball interviews go, Dayball don't really tell people what's going on. No, never. Until like game day. So I think he kind of, you know, puts, you know, uh, uh, Coach Mack in a, in a, the short special teams coach, you know, in a tough situation. But that's just the situation that you got to do because. You don't have guys that are consistent players. You don't have enough guys that are consistent players to where you know who's going to be there on Sunday. Dayball goes on practice. He wants to see who's performing well at practice. And it's really late in the season to be doing that. But that just goes to show you that they don't really know exactly who the guys are. I think we know two of them, especially on offense, maybe three, maybe four. But, like, it's not 9, 10, or 11. Right. So that means in special teams, he don't really know who's up. He don't know who's playing. And there's no consistency. There's no continuity there. And, look, he's, he's shorthanded. I think that's why you're seeing so many mistakes on special teams. All right, let's go to Scott in New Mexico. He's up next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hey, Scott. Hey, guys. Uh, nice to speak to you. Uh, Jonathan, you made a lot of intuitive points, but the one thing I would disagree is I don't think the teams are evenly matched. And the reason I say that, just looking at the receiving core for Washington with their rookie Dotson, Samuel, and, of course, McCrorin and Logan Thomas, that's a formidable group. And I think better than the receivers we have. I'm not 
denigrating our receivers, but I just think that's a better group. No, Scott, and Scott, by the way, we agree with you on yeah, that. Yeah, because no I, I, I corrected. I said evenly, then I say, uh, uh, what I said, uh, comparable. Yes, I and comparable. I, but I would say right. that I think Jones is a better quarterback than Heineken. Yes. So I think that balance is But we don't have nobody in our roster like McLaurin. I fully agree no, with you. No, 100%. I agree with you with that. No bro. argument. <laughs> hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like, check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Right. My point is this. Um, We've talked about it all week. We have to run the football. If Saquon is fully healthy, and I don't know if he is. Scott, he is not on the injury report, so he should be good to go. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, The other two backs... Brita and Brightwell have both of them have less than 200 yards uh, apiece. Uh, the next best rusher, of course, is Daniel Jones, and he has, I think, about 580 yards, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you feel for the game coming up that uh, if uh, they're going against, obviously, if Chase Young is back, a very good defensive line? And I believe the Giants have given up 44 sacks. And, and John, you probably know how many pressures and hits they've had. So it's 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 going to be a tough battle if they don't know who's playing, you know, on the offensive line. But in your opinion, either one of you, do we have to get those two backs involved a little bit more? And also, do we throw caution to the wind now and say, okay, Daniel, you have to carry the team both passing and running? And when the opportunity presents itself, he has to just take off in order for them to uh, score points because we're still averaging only 20 points a game. And we have to increase. And I was wanted to get your expertise as to how many points you think the Giants will need on Sunday to actually win the game. Why don't you take and those two questions, Jonathan? Thank yeah. you, Scott. Appreciate the call, bud. Yeah, the, the second question was the points. What was the first question? The first question About was running the, yeah, the, just the, the you other have two to running backs. Yeah, and using Jones more as a runner, too. Yeah, well, look, I, when you look at this commander team and you look at their, their front, you know, you got Payne and Allen up front. Those guys are monsters in the middle. I would like to see them get very diverse with their run game. I would like to mix it up, especially in the first 15 plays. I would like to see the Giants go deep, something trickery, run all the three of the running backs out of different formations. Option. And then also run Daniel Jones on multiple, uh, uh, you know, run play, uh, excuse me, uh, 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 option option plays, uh, pass option plays. And then you got to go deep. You, you have to go deep. I think one of the main things that the Giants don't do to, to actually make this offense a lot 
more open is go deep on a consistent basis. They only do like one or two a game. Jonathan, and, I went back to last week's game, and this will drive you nuts. Yeah. Uh, they had like three, not true double moves, but one was like a, a post corner, one was a actual get stop and go. Three times on Bradbury, wide open. Jones didn't have a chance to throw Tell my Hodgins. Because was Hodgins was Hodgins it or was it Slayton too? One was Slayton. I think one was Marcus Johnson. Believe okay, because I know Hodgins. And, and then was, one was Hodgins. Yeah, I know Hodgins was open. So one of them. three of them. They couldn't get there. Three of them, and yeah. the pressure stopped see, them from see, throwing but, those. Passes. But those are double moves. So, so you. Need I'm, more, I'm talking about a just, fade ball. Just do, a straight do, do, do. nine fade. Like when you know, no, I got you. Right, you know, I'm with like, you on that because there's certain coverages that you know he's going to be by himself. And that doesn't mean you have to sit back in the pocket for a five step. No, you can do three step. You can do a quick three step yep. and then a, and then in a, in a deep throw. And if you got eight nine guys in the box, that safety can't get there. Yeah. That safety can't help. If that out. safety's on the middle of the field, either one of the two receivers on either side is going to be. You know, so I'm, I'm not talking about deep dropbacks. You don't have to have deep dropbacks to throw the ball down the field. That's fair. Look, I don't think the Giants can do deep drop dropbacks. Not in the pocket. They have to move the pocket. But even that, you can move the pocket and throw deep You'll as play well. Play action. To, you know what uh, I mean? Yeah. So there's different ways to get to the deep pass. And and what was the other question that he asked? Uh, how many points do you think the Giants will need to score to win the game? Well, they only needed 21 when they played them the first week. And I got to be honest, I think 20 is going to be enough. Yeah, I think so Jonathan, too. Jonathan, this is I, I was looking at the weather. It's supposed to be like 26 degrees at kickoff. Yeah. You know what that Washington field is. Yep. It's a slop fest. Yeah, yeah. It's a mess. It's like a skating and, rink. <laughs> you know, we talked about protecting against that defensive front. It's 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 going to be cold. I think they can turn. I think a big key to this game is turning over Heineke a couple times. Yep. You know, he puts a lot of air under the ball, man. He misses passes. Turn those into interceptions. He's a gunslinger, man, you, and Giants can take advantage of that. You've got to get a couple picks in this game and win the turnover battle. I think, and look, I'm not saying aim to score 14 points, but I think this game's going to be like 14-10, 13-9. And I, I think it's going to be something like that. And I think both of these teams have that run-first mentality, Shh, even absolutely. though sometimes the Giants like to open up with pass. But I think the Giants are a running team, and both that's what they want to be known as. And both of these teams, no matter how the score is, they're going to be running the game. So the game's going to be a lot quicker than a game that everybody's passing the ball back and forth. It's going to be a shorter game. I think the score is not going to be so high. It might not be 20-20. might be less than that, like you said. I hope NBC is not expecting a high-scoring affair in that game on Sunday night because they're not going to get it. Yeah. They'll probably get a close game. Look, look. They'll get a game that goes into the fourth quarter. It should. But it should. These are these are like I said, they're not evenly matched. Comparable teams when you look at both of them on each side. And I would say, I think overall talent level is, is pretty Yeah. Pretty you could equal, you could do that. Cuz you take Saquon, you take McLaurin, right, you take Daniel yeah, Jones, you take their O-line. You know like D-line's probably a wash. Because our D-line's playing very well. Maybe, maybe not, statistically-wise. No, they they aren't that far The way Ojalari's been playing since he's sure. been back. And Dexter Lawrence is just as good as Allen or, yeah. you know, Payton. Yeah. So, so. You, just very comparable. Very, Like I said, very evenly matched. Not like last week. The Giants have a chance to win this game. But then also the Commanders do. There's nobody I oh, look yeah. at. When I look at both teams, it's like, all right, the Giants – should beat this team. They should. Which team plays better? Right. Which That's all that matters. The mistake. Mistake, right. Makes the big play. Yep, mistake free How football. about bursting a big run, Jonathan? When's the last time Saquon had a 30-plus yard run? Yeah. The last big run he had was he had against this team with them draws that they ran right before half. And that was only a 21-yard game. Yeah. I, I, I want a field-changing one, though. Yeah. You know, and look, 40, 50 yards. I, I, I realize yards. they're being greedy, and those are hard to come by. But, look, that's why Saquon's Saquon, right? Yep. And that's what he did consistently in the first six, seven games of the year when they started six and one to get to six and one. They got to get, I'm not saying he's three or four of them. Give me one. 
yeah. where he breaks a tackle and, and they catch the Washington in a bad in a bad front. Jones gets into the right play. They have a hole and, and he makes the defensive back miss and out. Yeah, and I, I don't think that's going to happen with 10, 11, 12, 13 carries. I think that has to happen with 30 carries. And I'm talking about just to Saquon alone. And I agree with, with what the caller, yep. Scott, where he's talking about using the other running backs. I agree. Use them. I think Breeders is a very formidable running back. Brightwell had a great run the first the first time he got a carry last week for like 10 yards. He got a first down. And we know what Daniel Jones can do when he has the ball. Daniel Jones is – he's deceptively fast. I had lunch with Kelvin Shepard, and we, we were sitting there talking. I said, boy, that boy Daniel Jones, he's like really fast. Like – you know, he may not look like it, but he, that boy can roll, he, like straight-out fat roll. He's a long strider. He's a long strider. A long strider. I think if he would have ran track, fast. he would have been a great 800 runner. Yeah, correct, yes. Great absolutely. 800 runner. Long legs, has a great stride, doesn't look like he's running that hard at all, no. but he's moving away from people. And I think he just needs to do it a little bit more. And that's what I'm saying. Just Daniel Jones, I feel like he's proven to everyone. I was a doubter of him because I watch football. So I think if you watch football for the last few years and you watch Daniel Jones' career, you're like, okay, maybe he's not that guy for the Giants. But then this year, when the Giants have struggled, I haven't seen Daniel Jones really struggling this year. No, has Even it, when it has the Giants struggle. No, That's what I'm saying. So, like, let's, let's put the ball in the best players' hands, players being number eight and number 26. Yeah. Put the ball in their hands. Yeah. Give Saquon 30 carries and let Daniel Jones get a lot of RPOs where he can – Give it to the best player on the team or pass it or run it on his own. They need to do that, I think, a lot more this game. Tim and Charleston's up next. I'm going to get on my soapbox for a second, though, Pearson. You can take Tim off for me, put it back on hold, Pearson, and and I'll bring it back on. But real quickly, people have made a big deal, and and of uh, Detino's first in line when he does the shows here. And oh, you got to get Matt Breida the ball. You got to give Breida the ball. You I hate to tell everybody something, and I don't think I'm breaking any news here. The Giants are not going to win this game because of Matt Breda. And this is nothing against Matt Breda. He's a good player. He's fast. He has things he can bring to the field. But that's not going to be the reason you win this football game, okay? Now, am I all for throwing out six to eight plays during the game where you have a second running back out there with Saquon? You use one on jet sweep motion. Saquon gets some misdirection. You open things up. You get a little creative. I'm all for that. But look, Saquon Barkley is your best player. On offense, period. Like, you get the ball in his hands. best player on the team. He's your best player. I don't want to voluntarily, in the most important game of the year, take that dude off the field to give the ball to a backup. Now, again, if it's in a misdirection situation with both guys on the field, fine. But I'm not going to this game saying, you know, I got to get the Gary Brentwell and Mike Breda 12 carries. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. And again, it's no offense to those guys. Yeah. But in this game, this is why you draft a running back second overall. Yep. So in the biggest game of the That's year, it. his rear end is going to carry the freaking load for you. Let the man carry the load. I don't. And look, he's not on the injury report. They did smart. They rested him last week, so he'll be ready for today. And again, you want to get those guys involved with misdirection, blah, blah, blah. Cool. I'm all for that. Try to open them things up. You got to be creative. I'm all for that. But look, if you're in traditional running sets, Get 26 the ball. I want to see his butt in the game. Not even traditional running sets. Give him the ball in any running set. 100%. Whenever he's back there, you give him the ball. And not every single time, of course, but you give him not just run plays, not just running situations. You give him the ball on second and 10. You know, you give him that draw play. 
You know, you give them the ball on screens. You run, Screen, thank you move you. them, you move yeah. them outside, and you throw them the ball right now. You move them outside of his man-to-man coverage on the running back, of linebacker. You throw it to him. Took the That's what out I'm of saying. It's yep. not just handoffs here. We're not talking about Saquon as a conventional running back because he's been a lot more than that, and the Giants need to utilize him a lot more than that. He had 90 catches or 80 catches his, his rookie year. He had a lot of catches his rookie year. Yeah, 90, I think. He's not even close to putting up those numbers because he doesn't have the targets. The Giants need to target him more because the Giants don't have another person like them on the roster, and you have to take advantage of him. And again, I'm not saying run the guy till, till he can't walk anymore or anything like that, but look, feed the man the football. Please. 100%. 91 yeah, catches. 91 that rookie, catches. <sighs> 201. That, that was my soapbox. Now let's go to Tim and Charleston. Tim, what's going on? Hey, John. Jonathan, how you doing today? What's up, buddy? Uh, I'm pretty much a agreeing with you guys up and down the line. I got a couple of quick points. One is, um, you know, I read a couple of weeks ago before the game, the Washington game, that the last time a team played two teams in a row with the bye in the middle was 1991. And I think that the NFL schedule makers, and I know how much work they do. I listen to that show of yours every year, which is great. Um, I think that they shouldn't allow that to happen. I think it is a little bit of an unfair advantage. It's like a a team coming off the bye, let the team uh, play a team on Thursday after that team has played on Sunday. Believe it's it or not, I Tim, think it's a- that happened in 2021. Last year, the Browns. The Browns and the Ravens yeah. did it. The Browns did not have a bye week in between the two games. They lost the first game to Baltimore in week 12. They had a bye. Then they beat oh. Baltimore in week 14, which they asked Wink Martindale oh. about today. He goes, really? I don't remember that at all. <laughs> 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 which I found hilarious, by the way. hilarious. You know, now that you say that, I guess and before that, maybe it was yes, 91. But anyway, I think you're correct. So that being said, the other the other point I had to make, and, and while I was waiting for the show to start, I went and read your uh, key matchups and things to watch, you know, uh, on the uh, on the app. Yeah. And you pretty much said what I was going to say, which is, and you've been saying it is, run the ball, stop the run, especially on early downs. Wink Martindale has to find a way to scheme it up, and the players have to – be true to their assignments and keep those gaps closed and, you know, set the edge and do all those things. It's They've him. got both, to stop the run. Both these defenses want to put offenses in the third and long so Winkin unleashes blitzes and Washington can just unleash their traditional pass rush. Yeah. That's what they're trying to do. Right. And to do that, to your point, what do you got to do? Stop the run. And every, every single offense and every single defense, no matter what you think about that offense, if it's a passing prolific passing offense they got great receivers they every single offense wants to establish the run first that's what every offense does and when you walk into a defensive room when you look on the board the first thing is stop stop the the run run. that is the first thing every single team i've ever played for all the way back to high school was stop the run so yes the Giants have to stop the run, and they haven't done a good job of it. Yeah, this Brian year. Robinson went for one hundred or ninety-eight, I think, against them in that first game. Let's not so, talk about last week either. Yeah, well, no, that you know we don't want to. No, that was that was what two <laughs> fifty. Oh, you know, was that two fifty in that game? Yeah, I'd say. I mean, having one guy who puts up a hundred is one thing, but letting another team get over get over two hundred consistently just doesn't work. Question I have for you is: in the first game, did we have zero turnovers against Washington? I, I'm trying to remember if we've got a fumble uh, or something. I, I, like wait, wait, t- turnovers or takeaways? Turnovers or takeaways, yeah. Tim? Takeaways, takeaways, takeaways. Uh, yeah, I take do away. not believe, I don't think either team had a takeaway in that game, if I recall. Um, no, both teams had one fumble recovered by the other team. 
So it was one, so to, one. One. And one to one. And neither quarterback threw an interception. I do believe so. No. So there, that's what it was. Both teams had uh, one fumble lost in the game. I'm trying to remember what the two fumbles were, and, to be honest with you. And, and the last thing I have is just to reference another caller, Roy from Charleston also. And the other day he called in, and I'm sitting outside at lunch at work. I'm sitting outside having a cigar, listening to the show. And he calls in, and I think Paul said, or whoever was on said, how's the weather down there? Oh, it's beautiful. It's 58 degrees. Well, it was actually 55. But he moved from New York to Charleston. I moved from New York to Key West for eight years, and my blood thinned like turpentine. <laughs> now I'm in Charleston. And I'm sitting out there with a wool watch cap on, gloves, a vest, a, a, a jacket, and I'm sitting out there saying, he's crazy. This is too cold for me. <laughs> so anyway, Thank uh, you, I Tim. just wanted to share that with you because I was laughing when he said it. Thanks, Appreciate guys. the call, man. Uh, yeah, remember, Heineke had the sack fumble, the Ojolari hit, right? Mm-hmm. Where he got him in the hand. I'm trying to find the Giants Yeah, I'm trying to think of it right now. In the thing. and there. It was a... Was it the running back handoff? Did he it, drop it? It's listed in the in the in the game notes. I'm trying to find it here. Gosh, I can't remember. Oh, it was the first uh, first of the game, first uh, possession of the game. Remember, Jones kept it on the keeper, ran up the middle, and Davis put his helmet right on the ball right, right. in the middle Somebody of the line. Got, That's right. what it was. That's Somebody what it was. Got hit. That's right. And My then, memory doesn't really work that well. I gotta like you know have that written down. Like, well, dude, right in dude, front of me. that was two games ago. You know how this goes, man. You have this is people talk about it's an eighteen week season. No, no, no. It's eighteen one, one week, week seasons, seasons. and you get through one week. You build up. You do all your same stuff every week, right? Yep. And you check off your. I, I have my checklist on my board. I have everything checked off. I gotta do every week. You get to the end. Yeah. <laughs> deep breath for about two hours and then right, boom, right back into it you erase again. all your yep. check marks and then you got to start checking things off again so yep. I, I just don't remember this stuff yeah. anymore and I have two kids at home so I blame that too that's funny uh, look I'm, I'm looking forward to this game I, I, I want to see I want to see what the Giants are all about I want them to prove to themselves not to nobody else prove to themselves because they've been saying it for the last month we're playing meaningful football in December. Well, you know what? They haven't won in a while. Oh, three and one in their last four. One, so, five and one in their last six. They haven't won. It, they haven't won in a while. The tie is not a win. That's why when you looked at everybody faces after the game, when you lose, you look stupid. That's just the face you make. Nobody, <laughs> you, just, you don't, like you lost. So you, you can't smile unless you see somebody that, you know, you play ball with before. But you just have the, the stupid look on your face. And I always say it. Look, man, he looks so stupid. And then I watch the games when I played in, and they show me and be like, man, I look so stupid. Because you got a stupid look. Everybody looks stupid after the tie. It's not a win. It's not a win. It's definitely not a loss, but it's not a win. And the Giants have not won. They not have, they haven't tasted victory in a long time. I hope they didn't forget how to win. I hope they didn't forget how it feels. Hey, look, Jonathan, I said this earlier in the year, right? You don't know about a team and a coaching staff until you see them bounce back from adversity. Yep. Well, where are we right now? In, in it. No, We're deep th- in it. This is, you are sinking into the quicksand. Mm-hmm. You are waist deep in the swamp. Yep. And you got to drag your butt out of yes, there. Yes, sir. Can this team drag their butt out of there? Because they're still in a great spot. It's not like yep. the water's up to their shoulders. No. It's not like it's up to their noses. It's, not. it's just at their waist. It's at their waist. They're yep. fine as long as they don't fall down. Right. They can walk out. Yeah, they can but get they out. They're going to have to pull themselves pull out, though. Themselves yes, out. they do. They don't need help. They can do it on their own. They yep. control their own destiny. And it's not an easy road. But they got to do yep. it. And it's not an easy road. And the commanders are a very tough team. This is a very tough team. And if you want to look at it, these teams are trending in the opposite direction. 
The Giants have not won a, a lot in the last few games. And the Commanders, excluding the time. What if you 6-1-1 and one now? Is that what they're up to? Yeah, now? they have one, been winning in the yeah. last few weeks. Mm-hmm. So if you want to look at momentum, the momentum is on their side in terms of how the season is going and in terms of which way they're trending. And that's a little scary for me, and I'll use that term a lot. I'm not really scared of anybody, but I'm very wary of them. And <laughs> and the commanders, they are a formidable opponent. They're a tough opponent. Yeah. And if the commanders beat the Giants, I think they're going to make it to the playoffs. And I and like Jonathan, I think it's a whatever, very whichever highest team, possibility. Right. Whichever team wins. And this is the thing. This is not a playoff game where you win, you're in, you lose, you're out. Right, no. But if you win, you're in. Basically. If you lose, you still got a shot because Seattle is probably – I hate throwing that word out there. There's a chance – there's a decent chance Seattle will lose to San Francisco tonight. What about Detroit? Seattle's losing. They got a tough schedule. But here comes the Lions. Lions. Just and two they play games. here. They play here uh, this Sunday. The Jets, just two games back. They're hot. Mm-hmm. So – but if you lose this game, you still got a shot, and yeah. you and you still a by very the way, small shot though, Schmel. And I think you still control your own destiny, depending depending on what Seattle. If Seattle loses tonight, even if you lose this game to Washington, the Giants still control their own destiny. Okay, to get to the playoffs. That's cool. I didn't know that. If uh, Seattle loses, okay. if Seattle if wins Seattle tonight, loses right. Okay, then we have a little bit of a different conversation. Right. My whole thing was even before the first Commanders game, I was. This is the team that the Giants have to beat out for the playoffs. Of course. And it's in front of them. They got them twice in the next three weeks. Yes, they have the Eagles. Not going to beat the Eagles. I already knew that was going to happen. And I felt like they had to beat them twice. The tie kind of threw everything in limbo for a little bit. But now it's right back on the plate again. And I feel the same exact way. And I think now everybody feels that way now. The Giants have to beat the commanders to get to the playoffs. Let me, you know, here's the question. As a player, when the coach comes in in a game like this and Maybe you weren't paying attention because you always talk to me how you're very laser focused. <laughs> but you're a player, and you look at the standings. You know where you are. You know the importance of the game. But the coach tries to play it off like it's just another game. Like, do you like? Uh, and I get it, but I don't. I don't believe you. Like, or, or are you just so laser focused on preparing for the opponent that doesn't even enter your mind. Like, what's the dynamic there? I think he's just trying to keep composure. Over the team, he don't want nobody trying to do something extra. Okay, because no, yeah, you a don't, good point. you're not doing anything extra. Don't have anyone press, right? No, you're, right. you're like, yeah, that's you're gonna point. play hard, but if you're gonna play harder this game than you did the game before, then why are you playing football? You should be playing hard every game. You see right? what I'm saying? Yeah. No, Maybe I'm the focus you. is a little bit more, but they've been talking about meaningful games in December, right? This is a meaningful game. This is a playoff game. Yeah, let's be honest. You're playing. You're playing the best team in football last week. I hope you were ready to go. That's but it's, you know what I'm saying. Like week in and week out, for me, it it, it I, I wasn't like this. Yeah, on the outside, my preparation didn't change. Right. You know, maybe I didn't go out that week at all. Maybe I studied a little bit extra. But like, for me, like personally as a player, like these games, yeah, they're big games. But like, it's just a game. It's just a game, Smoke. I don't want to make make it more than it is. Because it's not different than last week in terms of how you go in and try to win this game. You prepare during the week. You study your butt off. You go in. You hydrate yourself. You be in the best physical and mental shape you could possibly be in. You make sure your spirit is aligned. You do what you need to do the night before. You do that every single week. It doesn't matter which week it is. So I don't mind downplaying Dayball first of all Dayball downplays everything no I know he does he downplays well, everything that's what I want you guys a player if a player in that locker room buys but that he, or they just say like alright coach speak whatever 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 no nah, I think for some people that maybe 
maybe a little hype, maybe one of those guys that like one of those hype guys, maybe he's saying that just to calm that guy down a little bit. Like it, Jihad Ward, for example. Yeah, I was thinking about him literally. <laughs> I was literally thinking about him, you know, because he's one of those hype guys. He might come in, bust open a trainer, and be like, this is a playoff game. And it's like, bro, every game has heavy implications on a season. You're right. There's only 17 games, unlike basketball, unlike baseball. There's only 17 games. I you agree with that strategy, by the way. one game a week. That's it, you know, and and for me it's like when you're a pro, you're a pro and you prepare every single week like it is a playoff game, like it's mm -hmm. your last game. You have to prepare that way. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, let's go to uh, Terrence in Virginia. He's up next. Hey, Terrence. Hey, good afternoon. How are you guys doing today? Hello. Good. Uh, overall, I'm a giant. I'm a longtime Giants fan. I've got a thousand things I've wanted to say. This is my first time in. The season's gone well, pretty much. We haven't lost too many edges except the fourth and five against the uh, Washington team on that final drive that they scored the tying. Yep, on the rollout. And uh, overall, I'm reasonably happy. We're close to the playoffs. We might be in the playoffs. Like all Giants teams, they sneak into the playoffs and then they do, you know, ter ter terrible things to other teams like beating the Patriots and beating the Packers and all that kind of cool stuff. Now, the thing is, since the Seattle game, to my eyes, Saquon is not attacking the holes. Two different times in that Seattle game, there was like 3,000-pound masses of people, and he's dancing a little bit, looking and looking, and ends up like a one-yard gain. And one time it was like a 1,200-pound mass and not 1,800 pounds, and there was a little gap in between, and he's dancing and not going through the hole. Yeah, Terrence, I think the reason is that I think the reason, by the way, just really quickly, and then you can continue. I think with all the moving parts that Jonathan mentioned earlier on the offensive line, and there hasn't been quite as much room, so I think he's been a little bit more hesitant because it hasn't been as obvious that there's a lot of space to run. Yeah. Just attack the hole. Create the space. <laughs> I hear you. Become the billiard ball. <laughs> and each of the next two games... I think it was in the second half, he probably received like a little swing pass, and he had an eight-yard bubble with maybe one guy five yards in front of him. And he's dancing a little bit, a little bit, and he gets caught up for the one-yard gain. Instead of running at that guy five yards away and having that person worry about why this man is running at his chest. Now, he had another play, though, Terrence, a couple weeks ago where he did run right over a cornerback and turn the four-yard swing pass into like a nine-yard gain. He did have one of those. I, I think I see what he's saying though, because the last yeah, few it, weeks when it, I look at Saquon, the, run. <laughs> the last few weeks when I look at Saquon, he doesn't look exactly how he looked earlier no. this season. And, and by the way, I he agree with both of you. I'm like with you. He did in years prior when he was kind of struggling, you know, kind of like I feel like he was struggling mentally with his injuries that he had, and also physically as well. And that's why the last few weeks everybody's kind of like, is he hurt? What is going on? Because I think he is running a little bit differently. I don't know exactly what that is, you know, I, and I watch him, and, and I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what's going on in his mind, but I do agree with you. I agree. When you get that ball and it's looking all cloudy, just go ahead and 
bury your head up in there. You just go ahead and go. Because a lot of these defenses, they're they're fast and they're, they're getting to the outside. They got guys on edges that's hanging on, and they're, they know that he has a, a capability of escaping. So just go ahead and get those two, three, four, five yards because I don't know if the receivers are holding up on the outside mm-hmm. like in the past. You know, so I, I would like to see it too. Look, and I got my fingers crossed that the Giants go ahead and give this man 30 carries. And then if you give him 30 carries, we're going to see what's going on. And he'll answer the question that you have right now. And on the first play against the Eagles, he took the handoff, and he made like a little fade step with his right foot, and then back to the left. And by that time, it's a one-yard gain. Nah, Terrence, I hear you. Do you have anything else you want to say? Uh, so far, the tight ends, other people's tight ends haven't actually killed us. They've hurt us. I mean, yeah, the Eagles, they, they killed us a little bit, but they're not killing us like they have in the past seasons. No, so that's, that's progress true. on the defensive end. Awesome. I mean, you know, we're making progress. If, if Dayball and Shane can be this successful with the 15 or 20 of players that are actually their players by their choice and the other 23 or 33 that are – yeah, they'll do. They'll, you know, they'll serve for a while. But you know, hey, I'm happy with where these guys are going. Awesome. Thank you, Terrence. Appreciate the call, man. Don't be a stranger. Appreciate you listening and calling in for the first time. I'm calling him out. I don't care. I don't want to regret this. Charlie said he's going to call up today because he's all mad about what Howard and I said about Daniel Jones on Tuesday. I want him to call. I was all ready for the call today. <laughs> Charlie, call up. Baby. No, I was ready for it, and I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm ready to explain to him why he is listening. What did you li- say? Listening comprehension problem. I saw the show yesterday with Dettino. Uh I didn't see that. Oh, what do we Tuesday. say on Tuesday? Uh, just that. I, well, I made the mistake of of clicking on Daniel Jones when he was a trending topic on on Twitter, and like the giant factions are kind of insane in terms of some guys think he's just awful, other guys think he's the second coming of Phil Sims. And I'm somewhere in the middle, yeah. right? And I'm just like, guys, like I, I just I want I want another look with better things around him. I'm not telling you he's going to be Mahomes. I don't think he's Mahomes. But could he be Kirk Cousins if the right pieces are around him? Okay, maybe we could have that conversation. Yeah. Now I know he's not Davis Mills. I know yeah. he's not, uh, whatever. Go through some of these other, you know, uh, Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky. Thank you, Pearson. That's a perfect example. I know he's not that. I know he's better than that. Yeah. But. Is he Kirk Cousins? Is he Jimmy Garoppolo? Is he a little bit below that, a little above that? I don't know, and I still want to find out before I go trying to search for the next guy because I have no idea who that next guy is going to be. That's basically the point Howard and I were making, and Charlie contends that now. He's, he's, I believe in, in the tweet he sent me, he's an average backup quarterback. An average backup quarterback? Which is insanity. I, I give him an average starting quarterback, not average backup quarterback, Correct. but that's the thing. It's very hard to win in New York. Look at both of the franchises that are located in New Jersey, not the one upstate, the ones that are located in New Jersey, the Jets and the Giants. Near New York City, yes. Who has won for either team in the last 20 years? There's only been one guy. It's been Eli Manning. He's the only one that's won here for both teams. Got a little Mark Sanchez in there for two years, but that was mostly coaching. And defense. And defense. Mm -hmm. And defense. But that's what both of these teams are built on. Giants are built on a strong offensive line that they can run the ball, a strong defensive line that can destroy teams and rip teams apart, especially in the playoffs and late in in, in the year like December and January. We've seen that happen. And the Giants haven't really found that identity again. Early this year, that's what you saw from them. 
You saw them running the ball down people's throat. You saw Daniel Jones making smart decisions, making throws, not a lot of throws, but just timely throws. Yep. He was special when he needed to be special. The, def- the defense held up. They didn't get the quarterback on the ground as much, but they held up, and they were formidable front. Dexter Lawrence was one of the best tackles in the league for the first half of the season. But then when stuff starts catching up to you, when you have injuries on the back end, that makes Dexter Lawrence's job that much harder because he takes it takes an extra half a second for him to get there because the guys aren't holding up as, as, as good as they was early in the season. So attrition has been a major factor in, I guess, the downward spiral of the Giants. Mm-hmm. But with all that being said, Schmelke, we're going to say this again, they have everything in front of them still. Look, they still have the season in front of them. Jones has the highest quarterback rating of his career. He has the highest yards per attempt of his career. He has the highest completion percentage of his career. He has the fewest interceptions of his career. He has the lowest interception percentage of his career. Like These are and this good is, numbers. This is I, progress. I and Lo- fewest fumbles in his career as well, by the way. Only has five fumbles this year. And you take away the running back position on the outside, this is the least amount of talent I think yeah, he had at no, the wide receiver position. No question. Arguably, you could argue about the offensive line, but what I seen from Daniel Jones, the reason why I'm on his side, because I wasn't always on his side, because I've seen improvement. Right. You see I've progress. seen improvement from him, and that's what I wanted to see from the New York Giants, and that's what I haven't seen from the New no. York Giants. They have not improved in the last later half of the season. They right. were pretty good early, and they got really good, like almost right before the halfway point, and then they had a loss, and then they won, and then they haven't won since. And they, you've seen a steady decline on all facets of the game. Mm-hmm. Special teams are making some terrible plays, man. Some really bad plays. Yes, they had to block punt. I mean, that's a, not a hard punt to block when the punter is seven yards away from the line of scrimmage. Trust me, that's not a hard punt to block. It's really not. You got to get a little bit of push and just put a hand up and a little luck will be on your side. You'll get a block. But everything else... That's just guys, I feel like, not understanding what it really takes to be a special teams player. Right. And you have to have a special individual to do that. And the Giants just got too many pieces. No. Too many moving pieces. Look, is 12 touchdowns enough for your starting quarterback in the modern NFL? Nope, it's not. 12 isn't enough. I think it's the fewest of any quarterback that started whatever amount of games you want to go through the list. The production has to be better. But I think the overall total counting stats production has a lot to do with what's going on around him. You know what I mean? He's not losing games either. Well, that's my point. Right. He's 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 fixed. What was the biggest complaint everyone had about Daniel Jones? Turnovers. It's gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's not. Look, every quarterback's going to turn over a little bit. No one has zero. Yeah. Yep. But Daniel Jones this year has four interceptions and three fumbles lost. That's and it, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. He was up to like 20 something in years prior. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's only, like, he's only fumbled five times this year, man. I like, mean, that's huge. So that's, that's my thing is like. We're not getting nobody else in these next couple weeks. He guys. played two. <laughs> he played two more games already this year than he played last year, and he has two fewer fumbles. And he has six fewer fumbles than the year before. He's already played only one fewer game than he did two years ago. And he just looks looks different. He looks he looks like he's very comfortable in the pocket, even right. when it's not comfortable. Like I've watched him step up and not panic. He's able to I navigate him the pocket, sidestep and not panic. Mm-hmm. And he's throwing the guys who are not open. Most of these guys aren't getting open. They're not really creating right. separation. And again, and I'll leave it with this and we'll take our final call. That doesn't mean you go and you are from a five-year, $200 million contract. I'm not saying that. 
Uh, but I'm saying I want to see more. Yeah. With better stuff around him. And I think he's proven that he. I he, think he's earned. He's that. shown that he can handle more. I think right. he can do more. I agree. And his his ceiling is a lot higher than it is. I feel like people are putting on him. That's what I think. And, that, no, and, and I thought that from the beginning, when I first saw him at training camp, the first training camp, I watched him throw a seven ball and then a nine ball at practice. I'm like, whoa, that guy got a gun. No, he, he has all the physical talent you want. And then you watched him run. You watched him run throughout the years. The guy is fast. He was faster than Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. at one point, which is unbelievable. But if you watch him, he runs away from people. That's what you got to watch. Don't watch how a person looks while they're running because you can't really tell. You watch the other people around him, and you see if they if they moving away from them or not. Correct. And Daniel Jones moves away from people when he runs. That means he's fast because everybody in the NFL is fast. Hundred <laughs> percent. All right, let's go to our final call of the show, and that's that that summarizes the position on Jones. We talk about this in the Giants Little Podcast that's posting today, so go check it out. Russ in Philadelphia will wrap us up today. Russ, what's up, guys? I'll keep it quick. Um, John, sorry, I'm not. Um... Uh, Len from Maryland, not Len from Maryland, Charlie from Maine. Oh, no, Russ, Russ, never apologize for not being Charlie. Please, don't do that. Don't do that. I'm just fucking, (laughs) no, I'm quite quite the opposite. I'm a big Dale Jones fan, so I appreciate all the uh, talk guys are just doing. So uh, I think the keys to the game are going to be mixing it up. So you need to find another page in the playbook, Um, you know, mixing it up, maybe a trick player too. Getting Saquon um, in a wide receiver position. And, Ross, by the way, um, really quick, Ross, I'll say this to Jonathan, too. Empty the bag. Whatever you got that you haven't used that this year, deal that out. Let's see it. Yeah. Yeah, now's the time. Um, You know, maybe a touchdown pass to Andrew Thomas in the end zone. You know, we've seen that work, so that that was exciting. Have we um, seen a flea flicker yet this year? Seriously, have have they run a flea flicker yet? How about a flea flicker? I want to see a flea flicker on Sunday night. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. In the first cool. 15 plays. Oh, I'm down for mm-hmm. that. Yeah. If you get the ball yeah, around definitely. midfield, you can run that. Yeah, yeah let's do for it. Sure, 100%. And uh, with the, when the game got flexed, I was like a little, uh, little upset because I know the Giants in prime time have always just kind of struggled over the past couple of years. Daniel yes. Jones hasn't so won one, right? Ooh, in prime time. The Giants haven't uh, won, won one in a while. Man. I think it was 20, yeah. 2016 was the last Sunday night, I think the Giants won. Some Broncos, so I, I just, think, something you know, like that. The question is, Jonathan, like, what do you what do you think preparing? Like, how is the preparation for like a one o'clock game, a four o'clock game, and then like a prime time game? Good question. How is that different? And like, you know, what can you what could they do to maybe mix it up? You know, because I I don't know if it's that really necessarily, but like it's like we all kind of said, it seems that prime time always kind of gives them a little bit of an issue. And I'll take it offline. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, Russ. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question. Look, the only for for me, the only difference was is that the day is a lot longer. You know, you got to wait a lot longer to play in this game. You know, that was the only difference for me. My preparation throughout the week didn't change. Yeah, it's a big football, it's a big game. And I always looked at the, the night games, the primetime games as all eyes on us. And that's how you want it to be. You want all eyes on us. Watch us go ahead and beat the crap out of this team and go ahead and solidify our playoff spot. You know, that's that's how I went into it. There's no preparation, but the day is longer. Cause when you have a one o'clock game, you literally wake up and it's basically game time. You go ahead and do your pregame meal, and you're right at the stadium, and you're getting ready, and you're right into it, and a few hours later, you're on the field. There's a difference when you have a a 7, 8 p.m. game. You wake up, there's a meeting or a walkthrough, something light, do a little ball talk. Do you nap? Kind of. If I have in the past, but later years I didn't. I got a whole bunch of injury stuff that I had to do before (laughs) games, you know, and I had a routine. But you could possibly, but for me, it would have threw me off. You know, um, 
because you know ain't nobody out the night before. Everybody's getting some good sleep in the hotel the night before. So I'm she, gonna take a nap on Sunday. <laughs> I know who's not taking a nap. Paul Dottino. I <laughs> know he might not even sleep the night before. <laughs> he's probably gonna watch tonight's game like a Giants game. Oh my gosh! Are you kidding me? He is gonna be the biggest <coughs> San Francisco 49er fan on the planet tonight. My gosh! He's. Gonna, I wonder if he actually got the Brock Purdy jersey like expressed <laughs> to his house. What do you think? And that's a surprising team too. The 49ers <laughs> with Brock Purdy. Because look, I, we all know their defense is good. I actually picked Tampa to beat them last. That week. did not go well. You know for why, you? bro? Tom Brady, he got me, man. They got me. I won a Super Bowl with him. So I, I saw the game before. I'm like, Tom Brady's back. He's back. <laughs> Watch him and Mike Evans light him up next week. And then they was like, no, it's the same time well, we've been seeing all year. He and Mike Evans should have lit him up. You had the penalty call back to one deep ball, and then Gosh. he had him wide open. What was that throw that he tried to throw him in the end know. zone, by the way? It was what like was at his that? feet or something like that. I, oh. I haven't seen Tom Brady make Aaron throws, and I haven't no, seen it's weird. him and Mike I Evans be off like that. They're very like that all, all year. The whole year. He's been he's gotten open deep a few times, and Brady keeps overthrowing him by a little bit. There's See, something even, going on. I don't know if that's like a Byron Leftwich thing where even, things are going wonky or what. But even it's weird. with that, like, and I throw Daniel Jones in there. Daniel Jones hasn't looked like that. Like Tom Brady and and Mike Evans, they look so off. They look very off. They look so right. off they the did. entire year. When you look at Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones doesn't look off. He just doesn't have the guys that's getting open because Mike Evans getting open. Mike right. Evans is – he don't have got to be open. Just throw it to him, you yeah, know. But they just haven't been on the same page. And I want to just make one more point yeah, about please. Daniel Jones because I know people are giving him criticism, and I don't know if how much of, of flowers that I've given him. But at the end of the day, I feel like, like I said earlier, it's very hard to win in New York. It's very difficult to win. I think every single Giants team that has, you know, the last 20 years, the two teams that went to the Super Bowl, they were nine and seven teams. They were wild card teams. They were teams that struggled during the year, meaning it's hard still. It's still hard even the Super Bowl years. And then they just they kind of hit the momentum and do it. I like his intangibles. I think he's a leader. I like the way he handles the media. He doesn't get up and down. He doesn't get emotional. He handles every loss just like every win. He sounds exactly the oh, same. Oh, he's like a robot. He's like Eli Manning. He's a robot. Yeah, he's like Eli. And then and you huh? look across town and you look at the guy who's over there. Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson ain't a robot. You see what I'm saying? You see him. <laughs> like, look, and, and I think he's tremendously talented. Probably more talented than Zach uh, than, than than Daniel Jones, but he doesn't have the t- the intangibles to play football and here in New York and in New Jersey and the temperament. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Jones has, mm-hmm. and I think if you put some people around him and you protect him and you give him some time, he can make those deep throws. Yeah, I'm sorry, Pierce. I gotta ask him one more thing. You keep saying it's so hard to win in New York. You're a guy that played in New Orleans. You played in New England, Tampa too, Tampa, or yeah, Tampa, Tampa also, right? Mm-hmm. What's the tangible difference for I a player? Maybe the attention that's here, people don't shine in the light all the time. You know what I mean? So you feel like you're always being watched when you're here. I feel like it's just like everybody knows it's bigger here. You know, not like not bigger like in Texas, like metaphorically speaking. <laughs> you, you know, mean? the not the like eyes <laughs> the eyes are on the Giants. The mm-hmm. eyes are on the Jets. Like everyone talks about what's going on in New York. Everybody's here in New York. All the money's here. You got the Freedom Tower here. You got the Statue of Liberty. It's just like it, a lot more attention is being paid here. And I don't know what that is because I grew up here. I know you did. That's why so I asked. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, but I, that's what I'm saying. I've been around since I was a kid. I watched the Giants struggle with Kerry Collins back in the day. I watched that struggle when Tiki Barber couldn't hold the ball in his hands. I watched that. They call for Coughlin's head every year. 
Even the Super Bowl year, they was calling for his head. After that Viking game, when Eli threw Darren Sharper like eight interceptions so, in one so game. So this might right. like I've been watching him as a kid, and I'm just like, man, New York is tough to win up. So I always had that <laughs> right. that you know that notion in my head, uh-huh. and then watching them play. My first six, seven years in the league, six years in the league. What was your rookie year? 2009. Nine, okay. And and watching them kind of struggle, and then they end up winning a Super Bowl on not a great regular season, mm-hmm. but then you hit your stride because you improved during the season. And that's what I've been saying from the Giants from the beginning. I want to see them improve, and they haven't improved. But yeah. Daniel Jones has that's the anomaly here. I think Daniel Jones has is, has gotten better since the beginning of the season. And this is why I hate win loss as a quarterback stat, and it drives me nuts. Like you know, it's, oh Daniel Jones really you know end of the year week he didn't play. No, Daniel Jones is he's, it's not it's not him. It's not it's him. not him. No, it's not. He's doing a great job in keeping the games competitive, even the games that they lost in the last few weeks and the last month that they lost. Daniel Jones has done a good job. He's not turning the ball over at a high clip now, like he's done in the past. He hasn't been perfect. He's missed some throws that you would like think he could make. You yes. know, a couple of those. Swing passes. You had a couple of the pass over the middle of the slate and on the cross when he threw it behind them. There's been a couple of throws that could be better, but it, it this has not been. Oh, the Giants are 0-3 and one of their last four because Daniel Jones is stuck up the joint. That, 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 that's that, that that's not it. It's mm-hmm. not it. it, it not it. So, like I said, I want to give him his flowers. Yep. Look, we, I might not say this again after next week, so I'm going to give it to him right now. He has to play well in order for the Giants to win. He has to play very well for the he Giants He has to, to play well. He has to outplay and, Taylor And that's Heineken. why I think he's so important to the yeah, Giants because he has to play well. All right, last time Giants won in primetime, by the way, was 2018 Monday night against the 49ers. Their last Sunday night football victory was against the Broncos. I remembered that correctly. Uh, that was a 23-10 win in 2017 against Denver. And it's funny, I actually went back to look at this. Yo, you got to see some of the names on this sheet. Orleans Darkwa, the leading rusher, Darkwa. 21 for 117. Here are the Giants receivers in the game. Roger Lewis, 1 for 15. <laughs> one catch, 15 yards. Tavares King, one catch, TK. seven yards. TK. Dur- Jarrell Adams, one catch, six yards. And then uh, Wayne Gallman had two catches, and Orleans Darker had a catch. Matt Lacoste had a target. Like, dude, there are, there are some names. Those are some names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan, that's funny. A, a lot of your teammates. Yeah. You know, Evan Ingram, he used to live next door to me for, for a few years. Five for 82. He had a great game and, last week, and, by the oh, way. Oh, man, I was just about to say that, happy man. For happy for him. Happy for him because he's got a lot of crap. I watched the game last year, the Ring of Honor uh, celebration for oh. Eli, the Atlanta game. Yeah. He dropped, I think, two passes. They booed him, which I've seen people get booed before, specifically one person It, get it booed. was relentless. But though. this is what relentless. I saw, which I've never seen. To this day, I haven't seen it. When he took when they took him out the game, they cheered. I was bad. like, "Oh, this is bad." And he's such a good guy. I he is. So he's a great kid. But look, you know, sometimes the grass is greener on the other side. Hey, and Trevor Lawrence is starting to emerge yeah. as like a star quarterback. So it is what it is. So, and we yeah. hope it's the same over here for the New York. We got to get some dubs, baby. Always fun, JC. Same here, brother. For Casillas, I'm Schmelk. Giants.com/slash tickets. You want to go to the Giants Colts game on the first? Check it out. Go download Giants TV on Roku, uh, Apple TV, all those other streaming apps. For Pearson and JC, I'm Schmelk. We'll see you next time. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.
Broadway. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.